So, hey, well, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, November 30th. Uh, yep, we're at the end of this month. Uh, while this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at our history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. So, uh, and we do it all right here from the Cataractes Territory of Seneca Nation. So uh, let's talk native. Uh, but first, let me remind people that our audio streams at www.letstalknative.com. Uh, and we stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page via Facebook Live. Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, and uh, after, after our live broadcast, and we post a video up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. So subscribe to our podcast by searching Let's Talk Native with John Kane podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Let's Talk Native TV. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at Let's Talk Native TV and Twitter at Let's Talk Native. All right, I got all that done. Uh, look, uh, I'm the host of, of Let's Talk Native, and I'm assisted here in studio by Jake Proud, who is managing our video and our sound. Um, look, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we, we talk a lot about identity. and But here's the reality. The reality is we are not a monolithic group uh, as Native people, period. And and we never were. I mean, uh, we are a very diverse uh population identified i mean the fact that we're lumped in as indigenous people or 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 native people um just by virtue of of the land mass that we occupied but in you know there there may have been you know thousands of of distinct peoples and even within those distinct peoples there was a lot of um diversity you know certainly when we're talking about the five nations or the six nations uh we're essentially you know uh, by by many estimates and and by much of our own language, one people. Um, the, and we say five nations or six nations, but those are really geographical um, uh, distinctions. You know, we're we are only only we are Haudenosaunee or Haudenosaunee. Um, but the but the specific names like Onondaga people, the people, meaning our people, uh, uh, living in the big hills or the mountains. Gunyagahaga, uh, it's the people living in the land. Uh, of Flint, and and of course Onyotaaga, Kuyugaaga, Onondaga, Tuscarora, or Kutantnawaga. I mean, we can you know, you you look through and and you see the Kuyugaaga. So yeah, there's all of us, right? But we're but we're really one people, separated by you know just the the various areas of our of the vast land that we live upon. But again, lots of distinction. We were never a monolithic group. We we had a lot of this, even within, again, within the Haudenosaunee, we, we had different experiences. And certainly our histories went in a bunch of different directions when white people showed up. So not only do we have very distinct cultures as we go from East Coast to West Coast, to from, you know, the Arctic down to, you know, <laughs> down to the tip of South America, for that matter. As you As you look at all of that diversity... You also have the fact that our historical experiences have been very different, especially since the European contact. And where we find ourselves as a result of that con- uh, that contact is varies. You know, we look where we where we had that contact. You know, for for those of us on the East Coast, that was pretty early on. But for many of the 
Native people in remote areas of South America, some of them are, are still relatively untouched by, uh, well, very few are untouched. But but again, there, there's some that, that, have, all, have, that have maintained their very um, uh, distinct culture uh, unimpeded by uh, by European contact, and and of course, if you go from east east to west, even here in North America, you you know that what our brothers and sisters experienced in the nineteenth century, we had already encountered much of that in you know in the seventeenth century. <laughs> so and and uh, you know so again, it it ranges a lot. So when I look at who we are, with even within our our territories, we have a full range of people some who are totally completely assimilated you know they're they're church going they're they're flag saluting and flag waving you know uh, patriotic americans and and the color of their skin is the only thing left you know that that uh provides some distinction they in fact some of these some people reject all of the native identity and they totally embrace you know uh, right, ev- right, evangelical, you know, uh, characters, all that stuff. So there's that, and you know, and look, whether we call them sellouts, and and I do, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, that if if you have abandoned your culture to that extent, that's that's pretty much, you know, you're pretty much whitewashed. So there's the, there there's that extreme. Then the other extreme are the hardliners. I mean, many people think I'm a hardliner. I don't even know that I qualify as a hardliner, but I'm probably closer to that camp than the other camp there's no question about that but but my point is most of us are not on the extremes most of us are not the hard line you know all sovereign all the time you know all this you know and you know reject all things eurocentric all things american um there are i mean there are those people and and i don't begrudge those people (laughs) i don't um but but then there's the other extreme. But most of us are between the extremes, and so that's when I say between, living between the extremes. That's what I'm talking about. So, what does that mean exactly to, to live be, between the extremes? Because if we, at some point, if we only live, you know, if we want to reject the hardliners and claim to reject the sellouts because we don't like the label, right? But we still find ourselves complicit with everything you know uh, uh, with modern day genocide which is against assimilation then you're you're probably a lot closer to that sellout you know side than <laughs> than the hardliner side but many of us are again we are living between those extremes uh, and so i'm not trying to change the evangelical right that lives you know that lives among native territories i'll give you if you are so happy with your lives living as a native person in blood quantum only i guess or whatever name only but um but fully embrace everything that's you know you know truth justice in the american way all of that stuff i mean if that's where you are i'm not going to try to change you i mean if you're if you're a church going you know republican voting or even a democrat voting i don't care i mean if that's who you are I'm not trying to change you, but there again, most of us live between the extremes. So I'm trying to, and 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 this might be a little bit of an appeasing because of some of the you know some of my statements, I guess, and some of the things that I say. But but trust me on this one, I still want to bring people along, not to necessarily share my ideology, but at least to think critically about who we are, where we are, 
and where we're going. You know, when we talk about decolonization, that's a very popular expression these days. Oh, decolonization. Yeah, we, we need to be on the path of decolonization. Well, I agree. But, you know, having said that, we're not all we're ne- we're all never going to be at the exact same place on that on that path. I mean, this is a movement; it's not a location. So we, if you want to say, "Well, I'm uh, I support decolonization," I mean, it's not like, "Well, where's your card?" I mean, <laughs> there's no membership card to this thing. This is about can you move in a direction? And of course, depending on where you're lo- where you're sitting in the first place. Look, if you just walked out of church yesterday and said, you know, I've had enough of this. I want to I want to change. I mean, again, if that's where you are, then look, look, you're going in the right direction, I guess. If you're saying, you know, I I'm no longer supporting the political system out there. I'm going to concentrate. But but you were doing it yesterday. <laughs> then then you're taking the first steps in the right direction. And I and look, I totally support that. Or maybe you aren't taking those steps. Maybe you're just finally starting to critically think about that stuff. I, I have a few people. Every time I post something, I you know, I, the last uh, show that I did, I talked about the subtle um, versions of racism, right? The the ones that you know that people just say stuff, it slips out, right? And you find out, and and it kind of gives you a hint. Oh, that's really how they think. Then, well, if that's how they think. And yet they have there those are people in positions of influence and that's what I talked about last week. I said, look, these are the legislators, state and federal. These are the judges. These are the, you know, the the state and federal executive offices. These are our own lawyers, their lawyers. There are consultants, our lobby, all these people who so many native people have become dependent on. And look, if you think they're going to pass a federal law or a state law that's going to ease our burden somehow that's going to solve our missing and murdered indigenous women's issues or or our uh, or 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 the you know taking our children away if you think that they have to pass law then then you are depending on them and i'm not saying that we should ignore what they're doing i'm saying we should stop asking them to do it for us we need to take so so when i'm talking about that kind of dependency that's what i'm saying we we need to strip off and I'm not saying, look, we, we got to, you know, we can't wear blue jeans and T-shirts. We got to walk out and walk around naked or something. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we have to begin the process of de- of untangling ourselves from those systems of oppression. And stop thinking, yeah, but, you know, if they only did it this way, what they're trying to do to help us might work. No, no, no. So that's the conversation that I'm trying to have. Basically, I'm trying to have that every single week. But I know that sometimes I I can, you know, maybe come out come across too self-righteous in my in, in, in my own way. So when I say, look, I know we're gonna step on a few toes along the way, but our real goal here is to break down what separates us. That's what I'm talking about. We don't all have to be on the same place on that path towards decolonization. But man, I would sure like to bring some people who are, who who have never even considered the idea. And I you know, look, I've I've got a few people that I go back and forth with each week. Who say, yeah, well, why, you know, why even talk about how racist they are if uh, we shouldn't be concerned about it? I never said we shouldn't be concerned about it. We should know that they're racist because too many of our people are depending on those people. And look, I know, especially when we get into this this time of the year, there's a whole lot of people are going to say, look at that person. They got Christmas lights on their house. Well, okay. I. And I get it. I, I get it's real easy, especially when people have flashing lights kind of advertising 
you know, their their support for you know, for these holidays and stuff like that. But I get that. I mean, but to me, I think the the fight is sometimes someplace else. I mean, I know that a lot of people compromise. And, you know, well, I only do it for the kids and that kind of stuff. Look, I, I find myself in that boat, you know, more often than not because of, you know, uh, family pressures and stuff like that. And I'm not saying this to just defend, you know, defend myself. I, I'm just saying I I get it. But for me, I think the battle that we're that we need to fight is is about taking the steps that 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 stuff doesn't creep in. And so, you know, and again, blinking white lights on your house, I don't know that that's that's necessarily you know, embracing some religious dogma, but it certainly is embracing the the capitalization the the whole consumerism associated with with holiday making right so that's the part that that we need to figure out where our place is right so i mean it's when i talk about where we are in 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 kind of re grabbing our culture look i i hear some people try to try to say well you know um um they'll even try to do the whole coat of handsome lake you know the handsome lake uh, saw the gondolweed uh, as Jesus or something like that, and you know try to make the make the argument that that we're really all Christians anyway. Look, I don't buy that at all. But regardless, wherever you are, and I'm not saying that 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 at this point for all of us everything is an all or nothing proposition. Some people express their native identity in different ways. I don't think any of us should condemn the people who are taking the bigger steps along the way. So again, the hardliners, I don't criticize that end of the extreme. In fact, that's the direction that I'm trying to move towards. And that's where we're all trying to go move. But you know, those are the people who who are putting the big effort into learning language and learning culture, not just native spirituality either. Because that's not that's not really what, you don't have to take a leap of spiritual faith to be native. I, I think you just have to understand some of this stuff. So, uh, but but again, that, that's that's the way I, the, the way I view things. So, but I would like to talk about uh, you know one of the things that happens is um, we have to choose our battles, right? And some of us have the opportunity to to run out to the front line on on everything, right? Environment, uh, mascot issue. Um, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women i mean whatever whatever issue confronts us fighting the state fighting the feds fighting you know fighting everybody <laughs> i mean some of us can be on the front lines of multiple battles but some of us have to choose some of us have to choose because of our own resources uh um and perhaps even what we feel more strongly committed to and one of the things i always hear uh, on the on the mascot issue oh yeah why are you making such a big deal over the mascot issue aren't there bigger issues uh to to fight well i don't know when you when you start talking about how to scale what is what is important to you part of the reason that some people um have a take a stronger stance on the mascot issue is because of their personal experience where they live maybe a school nearby you know what what their kids have had to experience and i get that but i mean but but, but it's one thing for white people to try to condemn native people getting involved in that battle or any battle and say, yeah, why don't you, don't you have something better to fight for? 
you know, why don't you why don't you work to stop the drugs in your territories? And yeah, we we hear all that stuff as as white people explode the heroin epidemic to you know, out of all kinds of proportions. That's what we hear, right? <laughs> so I mean, and so when I when I see some of the you know the crap that somebody like Donovan Boyle and and, and others uh, you know uh, have to take the lumps they have to take from 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 again these white racists uh, who just they just want to be redskins <laughs> no matter what and they'll say yeah don't you have better things to fight for no i don't know what is the better thing to fight for but we all have to pick our battles and some of us including folks like donna she's that's not the only thing she fights for there's environmental issues that she steps up for there's women's issues that she stands up for not just the mascot issue and but many of us once once you become an activist it's kind of hard not to get involved in some of the other issues but I do understand that some of us do focus more intently on on some issues, some issues more than others, and some things don't seem like activism. Look, if you're if you're if you're in your community, if you are working uh, about working on substance abuse, that may not seem like an activist like activism, but it is. We have a full range of 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 issues that that we need as many people involved in. As standing up for and fighting for or, or fighting against, depending on how you want to look at it. But we can't. We all can't do everything. And frankly, we don't need everybody to do everything. We need everybody to do something. Like I said, we need everybody to start on that path towards fixing our people, towards helping our people. Not fixing. Fixing makes it sound like like the person who's who's offering the help has all the answers. None of us have all the answers. You know, but but you can't even begin to get the answers if you're not prepared to ask the question. So that's what I do here. You know, the the, the reason I do this show each, you know, well, three times a week, essentially, two, two Let's Talk Native shows and, and one show in New York, is to have these conversations, is to begin the conversations. And... And then I try to go a little farther. So whether I, you know, I, I try to step up where I can and when I can, um, whether it's, you know, joining in a battle that, that somebody else is headlining or or whether it's stepping up to the microphone when the opportunity avails itself to me. So whether it's, you know, the Columbus Day issues, whether it's, <laughs> again, you know, m- making a, uh, a presence be known when they want to sail a, a Columbus replica ship down in our neighborhood or whether it's fighting a local high school that wants to use a racial slur for their name, you know, or, or, or whether it's standing up for, for missing and murdered indigenous women or whatever the case may be. I try to do what I can. And I'm not saying that, that I am the, you know, the ultimate champion on all these, uh, all these battles, but I also want but part of it is to support the people. I know that some of these things that we're, we're facing, we may only have a handful of people who at any given time who can show up. So I try to support those people. And that's what I'm asking other people to do is, is to figure out what is the role that they can play? What is the role that any of us can play in not just fighting the oppression, but advancing our people? So language teachers, you know, uh, the agricultural projects, the, again, the substance abuse issues. These are all um, fights, essentially, that we're, that we're, we're taking on to... Uh, to further our, our people and our, and our identity. And not everybody looks at it the same way. But look, 
it, it's gotten to the point where, where putting food in the ground is an is a, is an act of resistance. It's an act of defiance. When we say, look, we don't we don't need all, all your food coming to us from you know multinational corporations. If we can if we can get to that place, then then I support anybody who's working on that. I don't I don't care if you're just growing a garden in your backyard. To me, that's 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 the right that's the right direction. So in spite of the fact that we aren't all going to be on the same page on every issue, I want to support those people who, who are at least taking the steps in, the, in, in, you know, and again, am I the one to, to judge what is the right direction? Well, I mean, I, I can have my opinion about supporting the direction that people are going in. And so, look, on a weekly basis, I know that I'm, that I'm saying some things that, you know, that, that some people are going to reject. And because, you know, I do call people out, I guess. And and that's why, and, and we almost have to, especially those people who want to step up as iconic faces and voices for, for native territories and yet live a lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call that out. So, I mean, and, and I've had my, you know, my run-ins with, <clears throat> you know, the, the people who love Oren Lyons or Suzanne Harjo or any of these other folks. Because I kind of know who these people are, and I, and I've had my 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 spats with them over, you know, whether it's using the word genocide, you know, or 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 whether it's saying one thing and and completely living a different life, you know. So when you, when you want to represent yourself as as a leader, and yet you don't even consult with your own people. The, we, we've got a lot of challenges. We've got a lot of challenges, and 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 I, I think we we need to take the steps that move us in the right direction. And regardless of whether you support a traditional council, which again most of those are pretty, you know, are 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 not exactly you know following the Guyana or Goa, but whether you're supporting a traditional council or whether you you vote in a you know a tribal election or you know, tribal council election or band council election or whatever else. I think we all have to make some choices about what we think we can accomplish in the systems of governance that that we're operating. Maybe you only think of yourself as as a state resident or you know a, a U.S. citizen or a Canadian citizen. I don't know, but but at some point we gotta say, you know, what do, what do I do in this community beyond voting or beyond? You know, uh, being a, you know, just one voice in a, in a political system. What are the actions that we do? So, this is the place where where some of us can come together, and and I think we do. We have to be very open about our support for the full range of things that that, that advance our people. Again, language, agriculture, environmental issues. Uh, you know, again, battling some of the substance abuse issues. But again, if we don't, if we're scared to to touch the the whole identity issue, and I know there's there's a lot of native politicians who don't want to say, look, we're not a part of New York State, we're not a part of the United States, we're not U.S. citizens. And then when you then I'll hear some people say that, and then tell people to go out and vote again, like Orrin Lyons did the you know at the midterm elections. I mean, I think that was one area that I thought we were in complete agreement. No, it's not our system. We don't we don't vote in that system. 
that's not, that's not our way. And then and then I hear him. Then then he goes to NCAI and says this kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to pick on Oren, but but he is a guy that most people recognize. So I mean, I would rather. I, I'm hoping that he walks that back. I know he's an, he's an old man now, and I hope he walks that back and returns to his original message and say, "No, that's not our system. We shouldn't be a part of it." And you know, and and whether he ever has the answer to why he he took took a different position, I, I, look, I don't even care. But I'm just saying, we need to look at the at the the positive steps that any of the people in our territory are making that advance our people that 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 start to strip away some of the the colonial influences that's what i'm talking about decolonization you can't talk about decolonization if you're only trying to find comfortable places within the systems of oppression so if you're saying oh yeah i believe in decolonization and then and and then what you think the idea of decolonization is is trying to lobby congress to pass a law to protect our women that's not decolonization that's complete colonization so that's what I'm talking about. And I, and I know, look, I know people think, oh, look, it's so great. Donald Trump uh, signed an executive order to uh, to help with missing and murdered indigenous women. Isn't that great? No, I don't think so. And yeah, but no other president's done such a thing. Well, I don't look whether that's even true or not. Um, that's not the point. The point is, what are we going to do about it? And how much do we have to fight the federal government or the state government as we attempt to deal with these issues because that's where the that's where the problem lies the problem isn't that we that we don't have enough state and federal intervention in our lives the problem is we have too much they won't uphold the responsibilities that they have two and four and uh, of their own people but instead want to plug themselves into our lives they can stop drugs from coming out of our territory they can stop uh you know they they could prosecute men who who abuse our women or kidnap our women or murder our women. They can they could do that. They don't need special laws. It's pretty much illegal anyway. And you know, it's sending a you know a hundred thousand dollars to you know to a to a dozen U.S. attorneys' offices. That's just going to pad more bureaucracy. But but again, this is we can't talk about decolonization if we aren't prepared to strip away some of that and i'm not saying we gotta strip it all away at once i don't oppose those who do i support those who do but even to those who are just saying you know what i'm i gotta at least i gotta at least push this away i agree with that all right we're at the bottom of the hour so we'll take a break we'll come back i'll play another tune and i'll be right back after this this is john kane this is Let's Talk Native. Cheat 
Jeff Doreen. Um, again, a good friend of mine uh, has come to New York City a few times. Uh, we've done a couple of concerts, uh, a couple of events at the Brooklyn Commons with Jeff, and and uh, he brought his good her, his good friend Laura Kuji along. Uh, so yeah, some good stuff from from Jeff Doreen. Um, hey, look, I want to I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank um, Ross and Holly John and the RJE Family of Businesses, Eric White and the ERW Enterprises. Um, and I, look, I also want to thank uh, the good folks at uh, Grand River Enterprises and uh, Native Wholesale Supply. These are the guys who support the show on a weekly or monthly basis and uh, enable us to do um, what we do. Um, and, you know, out of that, we, we try to carve out a few dollars here and there to add pieces of equipment. We are trying to to raise a few other dollars here because uh, it, our plan is for, for Jake and I after the first of the year to, to work on a full-length documentary. And um, uh, that, uh, that's that's our plan. So we've got a bit of an, an equipment list that we're trying to build out. So uh, so we are trying to raise some money. I hate to go back to the guys who support me on a weekly basis because they do so much already. So I'm always putting a bit of a, a bit of request out there. But I do have other friends out there who do step up. I mean, uh, um, folks like Harry Wallace and uh, you know Doc uh, and Doctor Shaw Bay, uh, uh, my good friend Ed Schindler. You know these guys who. We step up um, when yeah when something really breaks down and we <laughs> we need some help. And look, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not too uh, proud to to put it out there, but uh, tomorrow starts my birth month. So uh, turn sixty years old this month. So if you want to throw a birthday card in the mail with a check, I will read the card. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, it's a shame. That's a shameless plug. But uh, uh, look. That we do this only because we have support from from those of from from a few of you. I look. I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show and they, and they check the show out. I you know I'm I'm impressed that we added like a, over a hundred uh, members to uh, to our Facebook group page just this, just in one week. We're we're over seventy six hundred uh, members. Uh, we were, we were nipping at seventy five hundred, and then uh, next thing I look, it's at seventy six. Um, so look, we're, we're 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 adding subscribers to our YouTube channel all the time. Uh, we're 
so I know I know we're 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 sp- the word is spreading, um, and 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 again we we do get some support from from uh, you know here and there uh, from from different people, and that's that support enables us to to grow out what we're what we're doing here. Um, but again, beyond the the financial support that uh, that we're more pretty much always in somewhat need of, um, I do want to acknowledge and thank those of you who support the show by either you know your comments on on our Facebook live stream, uh, those of you who share the show, uh, whether you share the video or you share the audio, the SoundCloud, the podcasts, um, or the YouTube videos or the Facebook videos. I, I I appreciate it all because that's the conversations that I'm trying to have are the ones that I want you to have. These are the conversations that we need to have in our communities, and you know, t- the whole purpose of, the, of of much of the conversations that that I'm trying to advocate is that we start to reach into with uh, you know within arm's reach the people in our community that we can do some of these things together. It is hard to do do things all by yourself, and and I can say that with a certain amount of experience. I didn't have um, a whole lot of people who who said, "Hey, John, why don't you do a radio show?" I kind of took this on all by myself in the, in the very beginning. I'm lucky to have, you know, have the support that I have, you know, having a, you know, a guy like Jake here working in the studio with me and having the resources that, that allow, you know, two of us to work at this. Um, but it, it is hard sometimes to do things all by yourself. Uh, so you, every, all of us, as we try to do the bigger things, we, we have to reach out. We have to reach out into the, into our community and find the people that we can that we can work with and 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 support each other. You know that's I I can't impress upon people how important it is uh, to do to do all that. We do have, we are still very much mired in an identity crisis, and and part of it there there's a lot of people who are complicit in creating that identity crisis. Our own educators, but certainly we send our kids to school. And we don't pay enough attention to what what's being put into their heads. And I know that children are conflicted. Native kids who go into a public school and learn the things that they're, that they're being taught, they are automatically conflicted. You know, because if you, if they have any conversations at home about what our what our experience has been in American history, it doesn't line up with what they're being taught. I, I've heard some stories of, of you know kids who who tried to put their positions on papers on essays and and got poor grades for it because the teachers say well no that's not what you've been taught well it's what I got taught at home so this is where we have to step up so we have to help our kids adjust <clears throat> to what they're being to what they're being taught and 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 make the corrections we need to be more active in and telling our stories. I mean, when when I every time I hear one of these stupid polls that say, you know, whatever the number is, 80, 90, whatever it is, percent of, uh, you know, uh, Native people uh, support or, or have no problems with, uh, with Indian mascots or Native mascots. I'm thinking, you know, for one thing, not only is that crap to begin with, because I mean, I've never been polled, <laughs> if I, you know, by, by anyone. It does beg the question as to why would any Native people? I mean, I'm not talking about the frauds, like the ones who there's a thing called the Native American Guardians Association. It's a bunch of, it's a, I mean, there there's a few Native people who are actually in this thing, but 
they're again this is where i label the where the sellout label comes out but most of them are frauds and and they and they claim that in the absence of uh of being um having our images appropriated for mascots that somehow we are irrelevant the only thing that makes us relevant is the fact that white people will play us what will pretend to be us as the at a football game which is obviously absurd but you know these but it begs the question how is it that native people can turn their not only turn their backs on other native people but embrace so much of what our oppressors have advocated you know look and i'm not going to get into a you know a long diatribe on um on enlisting in the armed forces i've done that plenty of times on on the show but if you don't have a standard on what you're prepared to do, do with your life and who you're prepared to dedicate your life to and i'm not even saying i mean some people say well i'm willing to die for my cause I, we don't need dead people. We need live people. Are, are you willing to live for your cause? Are you willing to 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 dedicate your life, not your death, to a cause? I mean, it's, it, people say that all the time, and of, and of course, it's you know, it's really an exaggeration because nobody. I don't. I don't want to die for a cause. I don't. I mean, will I um, put? a lot of my my life into a cause that could somehow place me in jeopardy yeah i mean look we we all do things that can place us at risk but i've never placed myself at risk that i thought that okay i'm gonna do this as a death-defying act no and look and if somebody thinks that that somehow weakens my commitment i've taken i've stood a pretty hard line on some issues and 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 i paid some prices for some of that stuff and not once has it tucked my tail between my legs I, as I get older, like I said, I, I'm going to be I'm going I'm to be 60 years old next month. I don't know how the time crept up on me so fast, but um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that I've done more than anybody, you know, than everybody else. I'm, I've done more than a lot of people have, but I also know that you cannot fight for something through most of your life, and uh, and again, not step on a few toes along the way. So. So we do that. And at the end of the day, you know, people who perhaps hear a show or, you know, or see me someplace, they may have an image of, 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 you know, of, of this angry, you know, this warrior flag toting, you know, um, ogre, I don't know. But the reality is, you know, I'm a grandfather, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, I'm a part of a community. And, you know, the people who really know me know that I'm, uh, that I support the people you know the people who, who who either ask me for or demonstrate they need the support you know so and 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 again i'm not trying to make the show about me but this is i don't want people to be d- dismiss what i say because they have an image of uh, of who i am or or that they just think that i'm um i'm i'm trying to get everybody riled up no i'm not trying to get riled anybody riled up for some acts of defiance but well having said that I did say earlier that sometimes planting food is an act of defiance. So there are many things that we can do that on for us are positive things that we do for ourselves, but the outside can view them as, as, as a defiant act. And, and, and that's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with somebody who says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to promote food sovereignty. 
both as um, an economic resource, as a quality of life issue, and yes, as an act of defiance. I don't have a problem with that at all. I also don't have a problem with people who say, no, I'm, I want to play an active role in the lives of the children in my community. I, I would rather be play a role, a bigger role than CPS or a bigger role than, you know, some, some judge out there. And even the judges in, in even the Seneca Nation courts. I mean, I, I'm just saying as community members, as neighbors, as friends, as family, we should be able to do more to support our children, more to support our women, more, more to support our sons. We need to create opportunities and we need to empower them. Because the, the biggest failings in most of our in most of our communities, and this is what, what contributes to everything, every list that we don't want to be on the top of, every one of them can be tied to one thing. The lack of hope. The, the, the lack of any prospect for the future. And you know, even giving annuity checks out doesn't build hope for the future. It just builds anticipation for the next check. I mean, we don't even do the real positive work to say, okay, if you're going to turn 18 or 21 or if you live in a community that gets you know some sort of lump sum when you become of age. I mean, I know there's some some training i guess that they that they try to offer but does anybody really talk about empowerment about how that that the, these lump sum funds can be used as a as to to have more of a sustaining effect on a on a kid or or on or on a community these are the things that we have to think more about and again i'm not condemning you know annuity checks i'm 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 not condemning anything that we do i mean, i think you know there's there's a real positive argument for this idea that you know that even in the american system when they say well there there should be some basic income um that is afforded to every every family should have you know, uh, uh receive a check for you know to help, help. Uh, look there's a, there's an argument to be made for that but i'll tell you the biggest issue is what do we do for children how do we make sure that as soon as we know that there's a there's a girl in our community that's that's pregnant, we start to give her the support for that child because that child is our future. How do we do that? How do we make sure that that she beyond the, what the clinics can do or you know any kind of prenatal care? How do we do this thing within a community to 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 ensure that 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 mother's healthy, the child's healthy, and when the child comes out, the child has every everything it needs. <laughs> to um to have the right foundation laid before <laughs> before we hand that child off to to somebody else start to start educating our child how do we how do we you know make sure that the, that the child has the basic needs the basic upbringing so, some foundation that they can take even into kindergarten even in into pre-k if that's the if the case whatever the case may be I mean, this was an effort. There was a comedian. Uh, I think Rob Reiner or one of these guys was uh, was promoting, you know, this idea of, of of making sure that every child has all the resources they need, you know, before they enter school, so that no children. I mean, I mean, they call children. They they call pre K Head Start. So 
what, only the kids, only certain kids are going to have a head start? And everybody else left behind? Look, we need to make sure that we can provide equity to our children. So no child feels deprived. Look, we have, in every one of our territories, we have the haves and the have-nots. In many territories, the have and the have-nots are, are drawn completely along the lines of who works for the tribal government and who doesn't. And 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 I mean that, go, that goes along with so-called traditional governments and with uh, elected governments. So, uh, because I've seen it and I've seen it in communities too, where you can tell, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're the ones who, uh, you know, uh, they're the children of the chiefs and they have all the good jobs. <laughs> and I, and I mean traditional chiefs, not just the elected ones. You know, and of course other communities, you know, like Seneca territory and some of these others where you have, uh, entrepreneurs and people who own, you know, who have made lots of money selling cigarettes and gas and, you know, you know, other, you know, have, have had other successes in businesses. So beyond the, the tribal council or in the, the, the people who are in, involved in government being among the haves, you have a whole lot of people who have had some, some success in business. But the vast majority of people, they're on the have not side. So when our kids go to school, as a as a three year old or four year old and you know pre K or whatever else or kindergarten, look, there's there's some of those kids right from the get go, are already displaying their affluence. Um, you know, and, and and those who can't. So how do we provide some equity? So so we don't. I mean, there's probably there's probably a, a way to assess every child in kindergarten. And make somewhat of a prediction. I don't. I don't mean a prophecy. I don't mean to condemn anybody. But they can make a prediction based on you know on on the kid the kid's family. You know where they come from, the history. You know uh, whether it's family history, whatever else, the success or failure that a kid's going to have in school. And that's a shame. And I'm not suggesting we do that, but I'm just saying that, that that's probably there, there's probably enough data to be gathered that, that can make those kinds of predictions. We should wipe away that stuff, and we should make sure that every child. Now, how do we do that? I mean, and is this a Seneca Nation project? Is this a you know a Longhouse project? I, regard, I don't care where it comes from. I'm just saying, look, if every one of us took on a, a you know who have the means to, to took on the support of a, of any child in a community, just to be you know a little bit of mentorship, you know maybe a, maybe it's Big Brother or whatever, because this isn't just single family this isn't just unwed mothers i mean they're their families that struggle see these are the kinds of things and I, I don't need a federal program don't need a nation program don't need a state program don't need any stuff we need to be our own advocates for our own community members now is that extreme i don't think so and that's not hardline and that's certainly not sellout. This is I'm saying that's something that we can do between the extremes. I mean, that, that, so this is the conversation that I want to have. And you know what? I'll use this platform or any other platform. I'll help if somebody want, thinks, well, this, this is something that, that warrants fundraising. I don't care how much I'm trying to squeeze by week to week for, for what we're trying to do here. I will certainly support somebody who wants to put together a program that's going to 
address the issues with our, uh, you know, that are, confront our kids, or address the issues that confront our, uh, you know, um, missing and murdered Indigenous women, um, death by cop. We've got we've got a lot of these things, but but again, this is where it's hard for any of us to do this all by ourselves. We need to have collaboration within our communities. Look, and we can look to the outside for some resources. I just don't think we should look to the outside for uh, you know for the direction or for the the plan for the strategy. We need to develop the plan. We need to develop a strategy. We have to come up with unique culture-based, whatever that means, but uh, something that is, there should be a Seneca solution to a Seneca problem. There should be a Ongwe-Ongwe solution to an Ongwe-Ongwe problem. And it shouldn't be something that should have to feel like that, that we have to battle a band council or a traditional council or a cheese council or clan mothers or anything else. Whatever we do, we don't need to get permission to do it either. That's that's the other thing. I think that some of the work that, that I think needs to happen in our community has to happen at a grassroots level and lead by example. Create create opportunities. Give let's give our, our the people who struggle the most, let's give them not just the empowerment, but give them some hope for the future. That there is something to do. You know, there there are a lot of opportunities that our that our people never realize because we don't think there's a future in it and 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 part of the thing is because we base everything today on whether something is economically viable not quality of life viable and and I don't know how we we move away from that but that's you know again when we talk about decolonization it's decapitalization. I mean, we, we've got to get away from the the overarching, powerful influences of capitalism, because that you know that is the root of many of the problems. Because it's all basing everything on the dollar, and the dollar does everything from buys politicians to uh, being manipulated by politicians to. Um, putting a, a crosshairs on your back we don't have we, we never have these battles with the state and federal governments until we have uh, over taxation until we have money you know the, the, nobody cared that native people didn't pay taxes for you know for a couple hundred years nobody cared and then they did <laughs> then they decided wait a second you know what? these people actually make money we should be tapping into that money we've had Iron workers battling over uh, battling over their you know with IRS for years, and and some of them successfully, but but again, never do we ever get to a place where the federal government says, "Yeah, you're right, we don't have the right to tax you." Most of the time, they'll, they'll dismiss a case, or they'll make some ridiculous offers. Well, you pay us if you pay us this much, we'll we'll let it all go. So so our people take take them up on that. Which, in a way, is a concession, but I, I myself have done. I had the state government, you know, riding riding my ass hard, uh, claiming that I owed a bunch of money. I, I said, "I'll oh, five hundred bucks. I'll pay them up, pay them off." They, I mean, they wanted thirty thousand or something like that. So, I mean, did I sell out for five hundred bucks? I don't know. I don't have I don't have the state breathing on my back anymore. <laughs> I would rather not pay them anything. But at some point, you know, it, these 
because we we don't fight these things at a nation level or uh, you know uh, we don't bring all of our peoples together to fight these tougher battles because some of these battles do require that the bottom line is there are some things that we can't fight without having the full resources of of you know our national governments our 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 um our uh, organizations like USAT and NCAI and you know whatever you want to call however you you bring AFN I don't know most of these organizations I'm not big fans of but wh- however we bring a larger mass of native people together to fight these issues they we just don't we we just don't fight them very well we don't stand together why again because of that spectrum right we got some people saying oh no we should just pay taxes here if we pay this many taxes, then uh, we won't have to pay, you know, maybe we'll just pay these, but we won't pay, pay those. Well, that doesn't solve the problem. That just, you know, that just signs us up for paying, paying the, you know, g- giving them the taxing authority in the first place. So, so it's hard on those big battles. But, but there are many things that we can fight at, at, right within our communities. Because I think the bigger, bat- the bigger battles are not the tax battles. I think I think we just keep trying to kick in that can for a while until we have more of our young people educated because they're going to fight this stuff way better than we've done. And you know what? We fought it better than the generations that came before us. I'm not, you know, I I have nothing but respect for 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 those who gave us enough each generation down to each generation down to each generation to keep up the fight. But we had quite a we. we you know, we had many generations before us that gave up a lot, that lost a lot, and and it wasn't because we didn't have the language. It wasn't because we didn't know the know our culture. We were, and and again, under a lot more, perhaps under a lot more pressure than we're under now. The reason we're in a better position to fight this thing now is because we have many of the resources that our enemies have had, uh, have had where we didn't. We can fight back at levels that we never dreamed we could fight back at. And frankly, they aren't picking us off with the sniper rifles anymore. They simply aren't killing us for standing up to them. And a lot more international eyes and scrutiny over the issue. We have learned to use their words against them. And 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 that has given us some success. The, the problem is we can't stop with their words. Their words don't define us, but they define them. See, we need to use their words as their own limits, not our limits. I have no problem citing, you know, citing U.S. law or state law when it comes to shutting them down, not because they empower us, because they shut them down. But again, as we've learned over and over again, the first time we turn the words back on them, they say, well, um, we didn't really mean that. Of course you didn't. You meant those words for white people. So, again, I wanted to do this show because I, I do want to reach out to people who, who perhaps we, we are spread across the spectrum, right? And I know there's people who are spread across the spectrum who are all wanting to go in the right direction. And perhaps some of us, we, we, we poo-poo each other right out of the gate and say, oh, yeah, that person isn't this. And, and I, I'm probably guilty of that too. But man, just keep moving. Just keep moving in the right direction. That's all, And I don't mean right and left as in political right and left, but 
Move in the proper direction. Move towards decolonization. So take it, take a step. And and at, at the very least, let's begin to think critically about that helping hand that the state wants to give, or that helping hand that the federal government wants to give, or that helping hand that the UN wants to give. Now, I haven't seen a whole lot of those helping hands that have helped. So I want to thank you for listening. We'll be back here on uh, on Tuesday, and uh, we'll do it all over again. This is John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.